Welcome to Business with Beers, a podcast for business owners who want to scale their business to massively grow their income and contribution by investing in people, process, and technology. I am your host, Brian Beers. This week, we've got a fantastic show with Aaron Velke. Aaron is an entrepreneur, a coach, a speaker, and an author. One of his businesses, Ortis Academy, provides financial education tools for schools, businesses, and individuals from all walks of life. In this episode, Aaron and I get into some powerful conversations. We talk about financial education, keeping it simple when it comes to investing, overcoming self-doubt, limiting beliefs, and the power of goal setting. Aaron is also the author of Let Her Play, a guide for parents to help empower their daughters who play sports. And if you enjoy this episode, please share it with your friends, rate and review with your favorite part to help us reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about the topics covered in this podcast, please check out brianbeers.com to sign up for my weekly newsletter delivering content directly to your inbox. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Dude, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, this wouldn't be business with beers if I didn't ask you. We were at a bar enjoying this nice weather today. What would we be drinking? <laughs> um, I, I thought about this, man. I, I was like, what kind of beer is your favorite beer? What do you love? If if I'm in like, you know, an average bar and uh, I've got a decent selection, I'm good with like a Guinness, like some mm. some heavy and stouty, but there's a there's a brewery up in Vermont, I believe, called Treehouse that makes some of the best stouts I've ever had. And it like they don't distribute, so you, you have to go there and get them. But it's it's phenomenal. So if you're listening and love beer, check out Treehouse. Awesome. Cool. Thank you for that. Yeah, if you could share your story, who you are, what you do, and uh, go from there. Sure. Um, well, hey, everybody. I'm Aaron. I live in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm an entrepreneur, a speaker, a coach, um, and a, I guess the CEO behind all that. I've got this really large vision for how to impact the world. And, and all of my businesses are based around impact. I get to, to make people better for a living, which is incredibly fulfilling. Uh, I've got a company called Ordis Academy that focuses on financial education. And really, financial education to us is combining social emotional learning with finance because uh, a lot of emotion behind money. And then I've got a business that does a lot of uh, coaching retreats from a personal side, a lot of personal development, but a lot of inner work to help individuals navigate around through and over their personal walls into their most aligned success. Uh, so, dude, I, just, I get to have a lot of fun. I published a book on what my my former career was in coaching youth athletes i coach a lot of uh, female athletes and learned a lot there and, and now i do a lot of speaking on personal development and finance so i'm all over the place but it all fits under a purpose statement that i've built out for my life and I mean, i'm grateful to be here grateful to share it yeah great what what is that purpose statement to uplift others through freedom awe and artistry yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, lots to talk about. Let's start with the Ortis Academy Financial Education. Who are your customers? Let's start with that. Well, one of the principles that we base this on is is kind of a, a wide challenge to the way finance and financial education has existed. The, the theory is for what we've seen in the market that you build, you know, product A for someone in um, this age bracket. And we've broken our entire business down by stages. So we've got three of them. We've got foundations, which is all based on young adults, someone between like eighth grade and out of college that's just getting into money. And that foundation stage is typically going to be for a school, 
a private school, public school, charter school, or a nonprofit, um, a college institution, et cetera. It could be like a youth group. Um, so that's the, the base of this staircase. The second stage is stability. So we just watched during COVID, everyone feel the impact when stability is rocked. Our stability programs are for employers. So we go into businesses and launch employee wellness programs. We talk about credit and savings and budgeting and, and retirement and long-term investing and all these different principles that adults typically very rarely learn about. And um, we even dive into like leadership and time management. So that that's an installation for business owners, typically really strong leaders that understand company culture and how important it is to invest in their team. Uh, and then we've got our growth stage. So the growth stage is for individuals that want to learn and accelerate and grow and build wealth and, and really drive forward. And in that category, we run cohorts on real estate investing and we teach people about travel hacking, which is uh, leveraging credit to travel the world for free. So that's, that's for the individuals that want to take on some risk. But one of the, the bigger flaws in financial education I find is that we, we try to dock people and categorize them by age. And this stage strategy is more about, well, where are you? And then let's figure out what you need where you are. Okay. Yeah, that's great. And I, I like the, the sections that you've broken off into. So where do you think the biggest gap in knowledge is? I mean, may, maybe it's by, by category. Um, so start with start foundation. What do you think, like, I don't know, maybe when you started that you thought, man, these, like, I'm really surprised they don't know this. In foundations, one of, one of the biggest um, like ankle tethers that I find people experience is in credit. Like cre credit is a ridiculously powerful tool, but on on either side of the fence, there seems to be a, a mislabeling. On one side, it's like that's dangerous. You know, don't use it. It's bad for you. You're going to end up in debt. And on the other side, it's like, well, I'm going nuts because someone gave me money and I don't really understand it. So to me, that's one of the links between all of the other financial elements because it it is interest, it's growth, it's leverage, it's management, it's budgeting. It's all of the things tied into one knot that we don't get educated enough. So if we fix that gap, I think it would open up a lot. Okay. All right. And who do you think ultimately should be responsible for, for teaching financial education? I mean, you're kind of filling the void that's there, but like, you know, if, if in a perfect world, right, it would be taught without maybe companies like you, where is it at school? Is it the parents? Like who, 10 years, 20 years, who, sh who should be teaching this stuff? Dude, that's a great question. Um, I think the responsibility belongs inside of the traditional education system. Now that could be, you know, broken up into elementary, middle, high, college, vocations, all the mm -hmm. stretches. But um, it, it, to me, is very irresponsible, if not like the most anti-pragmatic approach to not talk about money mm -hmm. inside of a 14-year sprint of education. Um, I would put the onus on policymakers, but if it was going to be installed somewhere, it would be traditional education. Yeah, so why don't you think... There, they are, or, or maybe they are. are. Are you seeing more of a trend in it? It's starting to change. You know, there there are some states and some cities that are really good about, hey, we're going to make this requirement. You got to do this before you graduate. I think the lag, though, is that the way it has been done in the past is really boring and unsuccessful. Like like teaching people how money works only works so much because 
we love to buy stuff. We love to, you know, fall prey to marketing. We love to look good. We love to drive fast. Like there's such an emotional play and you can teach people all day about credit, but they're still dropping two day Amazon boxes on their doorstep often. So there has to be more relevance. We like to start with why, why is this important rather than like, Hey, here's this interest calculator. And you know, this is how it works. Those are important, but you got to really sink somebody into why it matters. Yep. And I, and part of that is the long-term knowing what it affects and your actions today and, and even compounding interest, right? Just a little bit a day, you have these huge results and, but it takes time to, to think about that. Right. And it takes, takes time to learn it. So and and some change right like we we are moving towards a very fast purchase part in our history right yep. like you yeah, can, one, one click buy like show up to your right. house you know instant like gratification zoom yeah. and and if that is a perpetual trend which will asymptotically approach a smaller and smaller time window then we have to prepare for how do we get someone who's impulsively making a choice that they can't undo as fast as they can do, how do we prepare them for that? And I, I think that's that's sort of some of the work that we like to think about is the emotional preparation for like, oh, oh, this is awesome. I want that. Hold on. Let me, let me wait 24 hours. Let me just give it a pause. Yep. That's great. So for parents who have, you know, I don't know, children, you can pick the age. What do you think some of the, the, what are three things that they should be teaching them? You know, we talked about credit maybe a little bit. What else? Like basic 101, you're going to teach your kids when they're old uh, enough to understand. Oh man, that's, that's another great question. Um, if I'm a parent and I'm working with my kids, one of, one of the things that, that comes up most is buying in values. So if you can help your kid understand what they value and appreciate based on what you value and appreciate, and this is, this is where the hard part is, because if you weren't taught about money, it's hard to teach about money. But I would really focus on like, hey, here's, here's something that I value. So I'm going to invest my dollars into what I value. And that can be really simple. That could be like, I value my health. So we go into organic foods or, you know, we value savings. So we hold off on making a lot of money decisions frantically so that we can save for our future. That would be one. That's, that's a bit, um, that's a bit heady though. From a practical side, I think a really good one is, um, making savings a yes versus a no, right? Rather than saying we're not going to spend and therefore we save saying, what are we saving towards? Let's build a goal. Let's build a target. And really what you're doing is you're, you're creating a habit in the young adult to say, there's something down the road that I'm going to start working towards financially. And if you can do that with, I mean, you can do that with somebody seven or 70 and it still might come with some friction, but really giving, giving a young adult clarity in I'm going to plan, right? Some executive functioning of boom, there's my future. There's my goal. Here's how I build towards it is going to change your future. Yeah, that's great. And have you read The uh, Richest Man in Babylon? I love that book, man. Yeah, you know, the, the core strategy is, you know, 10% of your money you save, right? And no matter no matter how much you're making, 10%, whatever comes in. And yeah, obviously you have different percentages based on, you know, situation. But, you know, similar, I, I think that's a good one to teach, you know, all, all children is, you know, get this, whatever dollars come in through whatever source and uh, putting a certain percentage aside and, and you got the rest to, to spend. So, yeah, man. And think about where money's going, right? I mean, we're in this, this massive like crypto revolution and things are changing financially. We're able to pay fast, earn fast, spend fast. Like for them, 
if they don't set that aside, it's going to be so easy to just be like whisked away. Yep. And um, I'm curious where things will go, but I, I think one that book is awesome. Um, for anybody listening, buy it and read that book. And then when you're done reading it, reread it. Uh, but it is, it's a phenomenal principle to live by 10% at least. Hey guys, Brian Beers here. In addition to being an entrepreneur, a podcast host, and a real estate investor, I work with a handful of clients as a strategic business coach. Success is 80% mindset and 20% mechanics. And as your coach, first, I focus on that 80% mindset. I help you get clarity on the vision that you want to create for your life and your business. We then set goals that align with creating that future. From there, it's all about having a laser focus and taking action on a daily basis. You know, I'm a friendly guy, but you're not hiring me to be your friend. You're hiring me to help turn decades into days by holding you accountable for doing what you say you're going to do. So if you're interested to learn more, go to brianbeers.com to book a coaching discovery call today. So what are your, um, what's your personal investment philosophy? Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I try to keep it to one, what can I influence and what do I have direct control over? Um, two, if I'm going to take on a risk that I can't control, then I let go. <laughs> I, like, I like to just fully okay. let go and then float. Um, and then a third principle that I try to live by when investing is to think about what are the alternatives when it fails, right? So I really love to, to protect the risk, not by saying, um, let me minimize the risk, but let me minimize my downside if it does bottom out. So up until now, most of my building and most of my investment has been in companies and building digital assets. It's okay. kind of an interesting thing to, to have built um, at 33, but um, I can control those. I can mm -hmm. influence. Um, and the things that I invest in that I don't have control over, like a crypto or whatever, I'm just going to let ride and and not try to stress and manipulate and create an agenda. Um, I'm invested in, in more areas than I thought I would be at this age um, with a couple different people that I trust. And in trusting them, I've completely let go, which I'm very proud of. That was hard for me. Syndications or what type of? Some syndications, but also like investing in a business uh, with a buddy of mine that I'm not, I'm not a day-to-day -day operator of. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a day-to-day -day operator yeah, yeah. of a lot yeah. of my life. So... To let that go has been really scary and to give him an amount of money that, you know, even three, four years ago would have been like a mammoth amount and just kind of like wave goodbye and, and hope that it comes back in, in his right. Multiples. Yep. Yeah. Like right multiple. Then, uh, it's required a lot of emotional intelligence. So those are, those are my principles though. Like if I can control it, invest in it. If I can't control it, let it go. And, and then somewhere in between, you know, if I can, um, find something that excites me and, and grow with it, then I'm all about it. Yep. Yeah, and I have a similar philosophy with our business. We get the best return if we invest in our own business, right? So we run auto repair shops. And if we can go buy another shop, I mean, our cash on cash return is well over 100% sometimes if we sell or finance it and get some leverage there. So that's always the, the best the best one. And then from that, I, you know, for us, it's kind of keep it keep it simple, keep it to things we understand. You yep. know, sometimes you, you go down this rabbit hole of trying to do what other people are doing because it sounds cool. But then, you know, if you don't understand it, there's huge risks. And, um, you know, sometimes just simple and boring at the end of the day is better because then you get your mind free to then focus on the business and things that actually can, you know, have a direct influence over. So, dude, I, I love that. Like, it's so easy to get sparkle dust in your eyes of, you know, well, that guy's doing it and it looks fun. And, 
um, it isn't glamorous to invest in your own business and to put your, you know, all your hard earned dollars back where they came from, but it is important. And you play long, you know, I, I, I'm happy with my life. I'm very fulfilled in the work I do. So I got to play long and long is a different way to play the game. Yep. Yep. Takes the discipline. So having the vision definitely does. Um, cool. Let's talk about your book for a minute. It's called Let Her Play, The Unfiltered Guide to Empowerment Through Sports. So uh, what is what is the book about? I started coaching soccer when I was like 22, which is like really young. I mean, I jumped in pretty hot and I played through college. I, you know, I, I understood the game, but I started coaching and a couple years in, well, a year in, I started coaching girls and dude, coaching girls changed my life. Uh, one, I had to become a better man. I had to become like an older brother. Um, I had to become a leader and a mentor much earlier than I had planned on it. And now it feels like I have like these, you know, sort of either daughters or, you know, little sisters kind of all over the place. But the book is a chronicle of the lessons I learned working with young women. And it's a, it's a guide for parents or coaches to, to really understand how to create psychological safety. I had tremendous athletes, but I had tremendous athletes that were blocked by their own fears or their hesitations or were nervous about getting in the car after a game with their parents because they knew that every single mistake would be highlighted. And, you know, you do this, you did it for, I did it for 10 years. I did it for long enough to start to see the patterns. And when I could unlock a player mentally, physically, they soared as an athlete. And it is a guide. It probably could be titled like, let you play, right? It's just, yeah, a, yeah. it can be a very self-reflective book, but it, um, it's just a guide for someone to create a safe place for their daughter to excel in sports. And part of that is understanding that her win and loss is not a definition of her value, mm-hmm. which is true for any, even entrepreneurs need that lesson, right? Like just cause you had a bad day doesn't mean that you're a bad entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, but also it's a particularly humbling, um, revelation of, of what happens in the psyche of an athlete when they're young, when we as caregivers or leaders don't, don't really nurture them as people. We just, we're like, get the win, get the win, get the college, get the scholarship. And they're like, I'm 13. Like, I just want to play. I want to run around and chase a ball. Like that's all I want to do. Okay. That's great. And you know, so I have a four and a half year old daughter and uh you know she is very competitive you know we want to it's, it's a race to this it's a race to that <laughs> if uh if she doesn't win it's uh dad we're, we weren't like competing then it's like okay but um <laughs> so how do you think you do you balance like creating this competitiveness with you know the fact that you know you got to be humble when you do lose and not be super upset about it like for the, for the kid maybe the parents fine but maybe for the kid being hard on themselves yeah, that's a great one. Uh, you know, I, d- I do a lot of coaching of this mentality in and out of business. This is a really important one. And it may be hard to break this down, uh, but people can always reach out for help if they need it. I think whether it be an entrepreneur or an athlete, we get fixated on achievements and the win looks like an accolade and really helping someone see that there's a process that winning is part of that process, just as losing is part of that process. Can, can really help someone um, not feel the pressure and burden of a win or loss. But to do that with someone that's really competitive is often hard. So what I was doing with those athletes is I would work with them on, hey, let's find something that is a weakness of yours 
and let's make it a strength. And in that sort of microcosm, I could show them that they're going to take something they're bad at and develop it. And it's going to take that sort of rough around the edges kind of approach. And then I could bring it into a bigger context of, you know, how is this like losing a game or how is this like winning a game? Is this, you know, an example of something bigger, but all along that way, I was asking very open-ended questions. Hey, how do you feel after the win? How do you feel after improving or after a practice and, and just letting them explore. And when they felt safe enough to say, this is where I'm getting better. And this, this is the same thing for money too, right? Letting them explore and letting mm -hmm. them um, discover on their own is really the gift of, of what we can educate our kids about. If we show them how to learn, they'll learn forever. And it's the same lesson in yep. some way. Yep. Teach them how to, how to fish, right? Same concept. Great. So earlier mentioned you do some coaching and some retreats. You work on kind of personal development, personal growth. Maybe speak to that a little bit. Uh, who are your clients? What do you do? What, is, what does that look like? <laughs> I imagine someone listening is like, this guy's all over the place. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of the fun part of my life. There, there are guys that are like, they're one thing guys and I'm like three thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so the business is called Front Runner. And what we sort of created the model under was this idea that... You know, you can go get all the tools and tactics and all the new gadgets and widgets that allow you to be a better person. You can go to all the conferences and workshops. But a lot of my acceleration came from inner work. My my like fear of being seen, dude, I was the shyest kid in high school. You would never know that now. But I had to really confront my fear of being seen and being observed and being judged and being criticized. And Front Runner is a place where we do that kind of work, where if someone is a musician and they're afraid of, of the, the criticism, then we'll work and nurture that fear into not necessarily that it's gone, but it's overcome and it's managed. Um, you know, our demons and our traumas tend to rule us and we have to, we have to spend some time working on that. So that's half of it. The other half is to help people understand that success is not myopic and that building alignment in their career and their life is possible so that they can be happy and fulfilled now. Right? I know a lot of guys and women that are like, well, you know, I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to take care of my friends when I get there. And mm -hmm. we do the work to remind them that there is no there and that they can build an aligned life early if they're intentional. So we help them through their, their beliefs and their systems that... I don't know, allow them to, to have what I think we all want. We all want to be successful by our own definitions, but we, we sometimes misplace the order. We're like, I'll be a good family person when I'm wealthy. And like the wealth is in yeah. the family. That's where the wealth is. So we work people through a couple systems to get them a little bit more activated in both of those categories. Okay. And yeah, it's about the, the journey. Right. And if you're always looking at the destination and trying to work and live towards the future, but not enjoying the present, then you're never, never feel happy. Right. If you're always chasing something and not actually, you know, looking back and being grateful for what you have and, you know, what, while still being motivated, right. To, to go for more because you need that motivation, but you also, you can't go every day thinking I always want more and I'm not happy because I don't have it. Right. Cause then you're not going to live a fulfilled life. So beautifully said, man, being present, um, the hunch for more, right? I, I, when I do keynotes and things like that, I always start with what's the four letter word that everybody wants? M-O-R-E. People say love or cash or time. We all want more. And part of it is navigating. Part of the work is where do you want more? 
And do, do the, do the actions that you're taking line up with that outcome, right? If you're like, I want more time with my kids. Well, chasing more money is not going to yep. give you that back. Yeah. What do, what do you think when you start with people? What's one of the biggest like limiting beliefs that they have that you need to like knock this down first before you can kind of move on? I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. Yep. So it's self, self-worth is, yep, I would, I would agree. So then how do you overcome that? There's a process, you know, if, it takes some time, but the first and biggest step in that is letting someone and giving them permission to hear that. Like they, they may not even know with, with any awareness that that's what they're experiencing. Right. But they're like, well, I'm not, I'm not able to raise my rates. And th- they understand that that concept is about the rate, but it's not about the rate. I'm like, Yo, that's not about the rate at all. That's about being, do you not feel worthy of that? Yep. And it takes a little while to hear it. When we hear it, when we bring some light to it, when we illuminate it, that's our first step of the process. Then we can move into step two, which is elimination. Step three is calibration. Step four is alignment. But, you know, across that chasm, we've, we've got to shine a light on this first and, and recognize that, hey, if you don't feel like you're worthy, let's start there. Yeah, we've we've had that exercise multiple times with our team uh, in, in the auto repair business over you know what we charge, which you know is is a premium to a degree. But then it's you know we also can get cars done same day. We can fix a variety of cars and like nationwide warranty. We have financing. We can help make it affordable. And you know, there's like all these factors that when you line it up compared to our competitors, maybe you know we they don't have them all, or you know maybe we just do it a little bit better because you know people people buy from people. So if they like you and they trust you, you know that there's the value. Right. Yep. And so if it's 10% more to them, they don't really care because, you know, there, there's this trust there. Um, and, and same for personally, right? If you're personally, uh, you know, maybe an, an artist or, or someone who's, who's charging someone for your time, but then you're creating a lot of value for the other person and being able to kind of recognize that and maybe see it from a macro level is sometimes the, the challenge. Dude, if, you, if you're listening, listen to that part again, Brian, that's magic. People pay from people, people buy from people. Right? Yep. That's a, that's a big piece of awareness that I came into. It's part of personal brands, but it's also part of like brand brands. Like yep. I'm much more likely to follow a brand that's got a person out front than a robot or yep. a man. And just Nike or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. So let's talk about uh, you for the last couple of minutes. Um, you know, having good habits that you execute on a daily basis, you know, leads to success. Right? What, are, what are some daily habits that you have? that you've developed over the years that you kind of attribute to uh, the success that you've created? Um, umbrella word, but important. Uh, I'm, a, I'm very disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been, I've been really committed to running and playing soccer and um, lifting pretty consistently. Like I get, I get asked questions when I, now and again, I get to play soccer. Like I make that time. It's like my sacred time. And when I do, you know, I play with younger guys and they're like, dude, how are you in shape? Like I never went out of shape, right? And that's that's just a function of discipline. Okay. Um, but then another one that actually I'll give you two more that that might serve listeners. One is I love to ask people questions and ask for time. So I'll meet somebody and be like, "Hey, can I can I get thirty minutes with you? I just I'm so curious. How did you get where you are? What are you into? What do you want to be when you grow up?" And that's it's opened a lot of doors to be curious and be excited to to meet. Um, and then another habit that has actually really, really accelerated me is tracking and metrics. So this is a habit of habits, but I've got, I've got these glass boards here in my, 
like right in front of me. And I've got a really intense goal sheet that I, I actually now teach people how to use, but it's, it's like the simplest things. How many times did I post on social media this year? Broken down from year to quarter to month to day. So I know at the beginning of this week, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do five Duolingo lessons, one per weekday. I'm going to, you know, sit down and do 20 social posts. I'm going to run three times. I'm going to um, email five different people some gratitude. Like I, I break down these things so small and then it doesn't feel so hard. And by tracking it over the years, I've had really good success with, well, how did I do one? But also look at looking back, I can say, wow, you know, in this year I made $60,000. I remember when $60,000 was like, whoa, dude, we did it. And yep. I can look back and appreciate growth, but I can also look forward and build staircases. Um, so that I would attribute almost all of what I've built to build stairs. Don't build goals that are like achievements, build stairs. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Goal setting is critical for, I think, anybody to achieve. You know, the, the strategy we have, which I think is similar to yours, is, which, you know, we have this three year vision, right? Vivid vision, three year idea of what we want to do. And then all the goals that we set are all about do they, do they align to creating this goal? And sometimes, you know, as, as visionaries, which I, you know, I think you are as well, you know, you have the, the habit of chasing shiny objects. And sometimes you got to stop and think, hey, does this goal, this is the thing I'm chasing. Does this align with this future that I'm trying to create? And if it does, you know, then we can go deeper on it. And if it doesn't, you know, we, we got to say no and focus on kind of what's, what's important that gets us to where we want to go. Yeah, man. That's uh, I love, I love the use of the word align there too. That's big. Yep. Yeah. It's one, it was one of yours align. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's just, you know, as visionaries, we love to just be like, pew, 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 pew. and uh, it sounds like you have a really good integrator or several that are around you that kind of, yeah. Uh, Love the vision, but also hold the hold, yeah, the hold, hold me in the hold me in my place there. Uh, <laughs> what do you think for for goals? You know, some people have different philosophies, right? Some people have this 10x. I want to blow it up. I'm going to set this huge goal, and I got to I got to change my habits and and mindset to be able to achieve that. Other people have a you know this incremental um, you know goal that they can achieve, but they still they still feel it, right? Because if a goal isn't if you set a goal and you achieve it, but you don't actually feel any different. Right, the goal wasn't probably big enough, um, but there's something in between that, right? The Grant Cardone 10x and the the two percent better, which is inflation. So, where where do you kind of fall in, in your goals or, or how you coach people? So, I'm definitely a process over product. Um, the way that I like to think of it is leads versus lags. You get your leads right, yep. you'll get your lags. Sure. But as far as the the sort of polarity between the two, I'm much more a believer in do you know why you want it? then set the mark. So if, if you want to 10 exit, cool, but you need to be able to explain to me why that matters. And if it's just be, for the, for the more, then it's out of alignment. Yep. You know, it's, it's not enough to just say, well, you know, I want to double my business. Why? Right. What's the purpose of that? Is it to impact more lives or is it just to pad your wallet? And both are okay, but be clear on that. Yep. And that why has to be strong enough to then propel you because you set this big goal and if it's uh, if the why is not there and you don't feel passionate about it you're not going to you're not going to change or you're not going to do the work that's necessary to to achieve it because it is you know growth happens right outside your comfort zone right and you're you're not going to push yourself and expand unless there's this powerful emotion to to drive it yeah dude i think that's a the elegant elegant and eloquent way to say it right it happens but only with intention and to me, why is the most powerful intention you can have? Yep. That's awesome. Great stuff. So, um, 
any book recommendations you're reading now? Obviously, you got your book, Let It Play. I'm sure we can, uh, we'll link that up in the show notes. What else um, would you recommend? I'm reading three books at the moment. Um, you can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar, which is like a sales uh, book. Sandler, from- Sandler. I read yep. that years ago. It was awesome. Yeah, it's a good reminder. And, and interestingly, like we're becoming a training company. So I'm like reading the sales training and I'm also reading like how he built a sales training company. Um, What's your biggest takeaway from the book so far? Um, so the the element of we were providing this service and people wanted more and I just leaned in is mm-hmm. is where my mind has been. Like what we're doing with employee wellness is is gravitating us and people to us in a way that's really magical. Mm-hmm. And I'm working very diligently to not let any kind of fear or self-doubt supersede our ability to change lives. So that's where I'm leaning in. Uh, like just listening to his story of like, yeah, I think I can help you. And and saying yes and then figuring it out later is kind of a beautiful thing. Yep. Um, another one, Nomad Capitalists. Oh my goodness, man. Um, it's it's such a great reminder of, of possibility um, and has really opened my eyes to what exists beyond the borders that we create, whether it be mm-hmm. um, like physical or mental. Um, and then another one that I'm reading is uh, Rocket Fuel. Visionary okay. yep. implementer sure. or integrator, uh, and then separately, I guess this is number four. The bo- the bonus book is uh, his his needs, her needs, which is a fascinating book on relationships that uh, learning a lot from too. Awesome, yeah, well, those those sound good. Off to check out. I haven't heard of the nomad or the his or hers, so we'll uh, definitely add that to my reading list. Appreciate that. And uh, so, where can listeners connect and find out more about you and Orders Academy and everything you do? Well, you can go to ortusacademy.com. That's O-R-T-U-S Academy. Um, just find us there and you can always connect to us. We've got plenty of different resources there that depending on your stage, we can probably help you with. Then um, if people want to find out more about Frontrunner, that's frontrunner.group. And then my website is aaronvelke.com. So all those resources are there. You can go to any of those and find me, find us, find help, find support, find your anchor. Um, we're, we're always excited to connect with people no matter what stage they're in. Fantastic. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming today and sharing all your knowledge and wisdom. I think we had a, had a great talk and I think you uh, delivered a ton of value to the listeners. Appreciate that, Brian. I hope you listened and enjoyed it. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode of Business with Beers. My goal with every episode is to help inspire you to reach new levels of success in your own business and life. So start taking action today. And in order to help this podcast reach more people, please rate, review, and share. To connect with me on Instagram and Twitter, check out the links in the show notes. And until next time, have a great day.